right now and is going to be flowing all throughout this service, all throughout this time. So you don't have to wait till something happens for something to happen. You know what I mean? So uh, we're believing that God is going to touch us in ways that uh, only he can. Amen. And so uh, I'm also impressed with this. There will never be another day like this one. There'll never be another day where we are gathered, this assembly of individuals in this room, at the same level of growth, development, and maturity. This is a once-in-a-lifetime moment, and you're in the right place. Turn to somebody and say, you're in the right place. At the right time. With the right people. (laughs) Praise God. Uh, So... Uh, Since the last time I was here, uh, we have had an amazing year, and that's not an understatement, an amazing year. You know, you can actually have uh, abundance in the midst of chaos and difficulty and challenge, and that's not to minimize or diminish anyone who has struggled or has dealt with things. You know, the year's not over, and it's not done. You know, it's not done till God says, hey, this is done. So uh, there's plenty more ab- abundance available, whatever level or area or realm of abundance you might need that. And I say that because I believe very firmly that when we release our faith, how many of you believe in faith? That the just live by faith. We walk by faith. Faith pleases God. So when we release our faith, things change. And so I made a determination at the beginning of this deal last year that, you know what? God hasn't changed. So why don't we just continue to stand and believe God for things that we need in our lives? And so we did. And uh, best year in the last 10 or 15 years was for me last year, this past year. And I'm grateful to God because he's the only one who can, right? There's nobody else that could have done that. And so uh, part of that process is uh, uh, I had someone, a good friend of mine, who was transitioning into a different type of ministry. And so he, he called me to get recommendations of pastors to take over his church. And I gave him some thoughts and shared some ideas. Didn't hear from him for several months again. And he called back and said, you know what? The persons that we were looking at didn't quite, you know. And so you, do you know anybody else? I didn't recommend the ones that they took on. but And so I said, well, no, not really. But here's some things to think about, you know, think about this, think about that. And so then a day or two, I guess, maybe a little bit later, he called and said, well, what would you think about taking it? <laughs> I said, Nothing. <laughs> That's about it. Nothing. Not much. (laughs) Uh, But then the more I did think about it, the Lord impressed us that we need to connect and help. And that was the way it was presented. You need to just go help the individual because I have a lot of respect for man of God. And he's got a tremendous healing ministry, miracles, signs, wonders. I mean, literally break out, just literally. Uh, and document it. I'm, and we're talking about serious stuff that, you know. And so, uh, and then 
it changed, it converted to not just go help him, but go help the people and go help the community and go help do what the Lord said to do. And so we're doing that right now and, and uh, haven't, it's in Arkansas, which uh, I never dreamed I would be spending any time in Arkansas <laughs> of significance, uh, but glad to be there now, just happy and thrilled to be there. And uh, God's moving, you know, this last, I've been doing series, I've been there since October, and so I go there quite a bit. Uh, started off with once a month, then it became twice a month, then it was three times a month, then it's all the time, and now I have to schedule people to give me a break. <laughs> I understand, <laughs> even better than before, the importance of having uh, people in. So I have my worship leader preaching for me this morning at the church, and I know she's doing an amazing job. I watch it on the drive back home. Uh, but that's, that's something that came out of listening for God's voice. And so I recently just finished a series titled Hearing from God. How many of you believe that it is very important to hear from God? Is it more important to hear from God than to hear from mama and daddy? Now, we love and appreciate and respect mama and daddy, but it's more important to hear from God. How about is it more important to hear from your husband or wife? Now, that one might be tight because (laughs) now it's better to hear from the man. All right, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, but yeah, it's important to hear from God. And so I'm not, that's not the message that I'm preaching this morning, but uh, I say all of that to say I, I believe I've heard from God on what we need to share this morning with you. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to uh, Acts, the book of Acts. Acts chapter. Uh, chapter 10, Acts 10. Well, I almost thought I left my notes back home. Then I was going to be preaching the message from last week. No, I'm kidding. Title of the message, what I want to share with you is those times when things just happen. Those times when things just happen. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who we are in Christ. Let us be transformed by a divine encounter with your presence, your word, your spirit, and your sayings this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to set my my timer on my clock. That's what I I just started doing this at the uh, church. And I set it for, wait for it, dramatic pause, 40 minutes. I I, kind of knew you were going to laugh at that. (laughs) Yeah, right, 40 minutes. Uh, So, but yeah, let's just do that. How many of y'all would have your faith out there and believe, oh yeah, you can do it in 40 minutes? (laughs) Acts chapter 10, verse 44 is the verse we want to start with and launch from. While Peter was still speaking, these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Now, there's context that goes with that statement. While he was speaking, the Holy Ghost fell. The Spirit of God started to move amongst people. Didn't even wait for the altar call. 
Didn't wait for anybody to be invited to lay hands on or anything like that. He just, I'm going to do something. He just decided to happen. And I believe that there are more of these types of things that will be taking place in the the weeks and months ahead of us. Uh, And that right soon. Where God just decides, I see a yielded heart and I'm going to do something in that heart. And right now, I have the, the sense and the awareness that he is right now moving to heal a heart. I know we can say physically healing a heart, but I, I'm particularly thinking in terms of healing the heart, the emotion, the inward place of the heart. Because as the song was saying just a few moments ago, there are hidden hurts sometimes that we hold on to. Now, I've done that before. Has anybody else ever held on to something? Nobody else knew everything that you're going through and feeling and experiencing. But something had to change. And there are times that I remember, this has been some years ago, this one instance I'm thinking of. And and I just, I'm a grown man now. I was a grown man then, so... I'm a little bit more grown now, but I was a grown man then. And then uh, I just knew God was saying, uh, if you want anything to change, you need to come to me. And I just said, Lord, help me. Hold me. Now, I'm a grown man. So, you know, hold me, Lord. Hold me. I need you to hold me right now. There are times that, that grown folk, not just the young folk, but grown folk need to just say, Lord, hold me. Hold on to me. And so I'm believing that God's speaking to hearts and healing hearts. Let's get to the context of that chapter 10, verse 44. Start with verse 33, Acts 10, 33. So I sent to you immediately. This is Cornelius, the Roman centurion, who is a man of authority, a man of power. Do I need to change? We good up there? All right. Uh, So... Cornelius is a centurion. He's a man of power. He's a man of authority. He's a man of influence. Uh, But he has a heart for God. Now, he's a Roman centurion, and he has a relationship, a connection with the Jewish nation, the Jewish people. And he has been crying out to God. He has a hunger for God. And God speaks to him and says, send for Peter, gives him an open vision says, send for Peter. Peter is having a vision at the same time that Cornelius is having a vision, and God's speaking to him. And Peter is told, when some people come get you, don't question it, go with them. And so from Cornelius' house, people came, brought Peter to Cornelius' house. And that's where we get right here at verse 33, where Cornelius said, After I had this vision, I sent for you immediately. Didn't hesitate. I immediately went after what God was saying. And we have to do the same thing. And then he said, you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. Notice, he didn't say, we're all just hanging out because this is what we're supposed to do. He said, we're here present before God, not before men, but before God. And every time we come into the house of God, every time we have an opportunity to spend time in the word or in prayer, 
It's the same thing. We are present before God. That's a different mindset and a different perspective than just, well, I got to get this Bible reading out of the way. I got to get this prayer time out of the way. No, we're coming before God. And Cornelius recognized this, and he influenced the people that were in his household and in his sphere of influence. Hey, listen, don't you come in here messing around. This is serious business here. This is serious. We are coming before God. We are about to hear some things that are going to change eternal destinies. And so come locked in and engage in what God is going to say. Verse 34, uh, he said, we're all present before God to hear all things commanded you by God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. And see, this is where the original Lives Matter started. It ain't about, you know, it's this color or that color or this race or that. All lives matter. And I'm, I'm one of them other colors. But I know the difference between what's right and what's wrong. I understand the difference between what's right and what's almost right. There's a difference between those things. And what I'm saying is that all lives matter. I don't care what your color, race, background, I'm still trying to figure out what all is in here, what races this is right here. But it don't matter because all of them matter. All right, and see, this is what Peter was saying. Listen, God's not a respecter of persons. Verse 36, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. I could, I could kind of hear Peter just kind of emphasizing that. He was like, yeah, I had an experience with God. I learned that he is Lord of all. He encountered me, and he said, Come follow me. And I followed him. And then I messed up. I made a huge mistake. I denied him not once, not twice, but three times. I didn't. And then I went back to my old job after he got killed. Wasn't sure what was happening with all that, but he was gone. So I said, I'm going back to what I used to do. And then he showed up. I was like, whoa, <laughs> where'd you come from? And he asked me if I loved him, and I said, yes, Lord, I love you. And then he asked me again. I said, yes. And I was starting to get a little like, what are you asking me this for? And then he asked me a third time. Yes, Lord, I love you. And he said, well, I'll accept your testimony Go feed my sheep. Go feed my people. In other words, follow me, serve me, and forget about the past. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people that are so locked in the past that can't live in the present, they definitely can't see the future. You are not your past. Your past does not determine your present or your future, only to the point that you allow it to do that. And so we don't, we don't think about this past stuff that happened. We forget that stuff and move forward. Paul said that, and Paul stood by and watched people kill Christians, held their coats, but he said, forgetting those things which are behind, I press forward 
You've got to press forward. You cannot be lost in the past and expect to have something in the future. So forget the past. That's what he's saying there. Uh, that word, you know, verse 37, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. What word was that, Peter, that Jesus preached all throughout? Now, notice it says he published it all throughout certain territories and regions. Throughout all Judea, began from Galilee after the baptism. What word was that that you preached, Jesus? Well, he tells him, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good and healing all. Say healing all. I'm included in all. Go ahead and say that. I'm included in all. Yeah. Healing all that were oppressed by who? Not by God, but by the devil. God good, devil bad. All right. That'll, that'll settle a lot of issues in, in, in thinking. For God what? Now notice this. God was where? With him. I want you to say that. Say, God was with him. And God is with me. This message is what Jesus preached almost basically everywhere he went. First message he started with, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to, I could hear him saying it, preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. Preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I've come to bring you jubilee, freedom, deliverance, protection, preservation, healing, wholeness. I could hear Jesus saying that, just telling people, just boldly saying it. And then, of course, in Luke 4, he added that, and this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Like, they were kind of with him until he said this day. It was like, oh, yeah, one day, Jesus, one day, Jesus, we believe that one day you are going to bring healing and deliverance and salvation. And one day, because way back yonder they used to do it, and I know someday in the future it's all going to come to pass and Jesus said no today today we're not putting this off <laughs> not tomorrow today today and now notice here uh, verse 42 and he commanded us to preach to the people notice what Peter said Jesus commanded them to preach this same message to the people everywhere they went they preached that same message. They may have taken it further beyond that one key beginning, but they always would preach that Jesus heals, Jesus delivers, Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus restores, Jesus makes whole. It's all about who? It's all about who? Always. It's always about him. Verse 44. Or let me finish verse 42. He, he commanded us to preach to the people to testify that it is he who has ordained by God, who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. Verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words. 
the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Would you be willing and open to the Holy Spirit falling on you? Just, just falling on you. I don't mean falling like stumbling because he's run out of strength and now you've got to hold him up. But resting upon you. And I'm not just talking about resting upon you for a few minutes while we share a word, but resting upon you throughout the rest of this day and resting upon you as you sleep, resting upon you as you get up in the morning, you start going about your activity and your day, resting upon you, restoring you, healing you, replacing things that need to be replaced. Would you take replacement from God stuff that you got that you don't want no more <laughs> and him just saying I got this just give it here I got it here take this I'll take this he's doing it right now verse 46 how did they know that he fell on all them well there was evidence there's always some kind of evidence for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Do, does God still speak through people? Do people still speak with tongues and magnify God? Are you sure? Can you do it? When can you do it? Is now and any time? Let me see. So if I ask you to magnify God in a few more minutes from now, would you be open to doing it again? Okay, okay. So, those times when things just happened. That was a time when things just happened. They just happened. Well, for things to just happen, there are several key indicators that we can draw from the scriptures. I want to run through a few of those here quickly and then give you context on them. For things to just happen, one thing that needs to happen is we have to rest in the expectation of suddenly. Suddenly. A quick change may or may not happen overnight, but it doesn't change the fact that suddenly things can change. Things can be different. Things can be better. Where you thought there was no way, there's now a way. There's a story of a 25-year overnight success I'm aware of. A friend of mine in Michigan, pastors a church, and for years had pastored this church, and it was it was okay. I mean, he wasn't complaining; it was all right. But then something happened about 25 years into this deal. He said, "Man, it was like overnight we started to grow. Overnight, more resources came in. Overnight, the building appeared. Overnight." Things changed just overnight after 25 years. And people would come ask him, what did you do? 
to make all of this happen. It's just like it's just one day it was here and the next day it was here. And he began to share with them his 25-year overnight success plan. Now, that's not to dissuade or deter or discourage anybody from realizing it doesn't have to take 25 years for things to happen. Huh? His thing was he understood that there were, there were steps along the way. He was plowing through some things that he had to individually learn himself in some respects. That was part of the reason of timing. But you know what he does and can do now? He can share with individuals, hey, here's some things to be aware of. What took me 25 years might only take you five or three or ten or two or one. Because he is expecting suddenlies to happen because he's staying consistent with faithfulness to God. There's a story of the, the Copelands. How many of you have heard of Kenneth and Gloria Copeland? So uh, he's been in ministry over 50 years, over 50 years in ministry. And uh, I, I remember hearing them tell their story, uh, Sister Gloria in particular, would tell the story of how they were so far in debt. Oh, man, so much debt. And this is back in the 60s, so of course, this is a few years ago when debt was debt. It's like a albatross hanging around the neck. And they said they got a hold of the word of God, started to become givers, were tithers and givers. Said in a matter of, I think it was within a year's time or less, completely out of debt. That was in the 60s, like the late 60s. They haven't been in debt since then. I said they haven't been in debt since then. What can you do if you stay out of debt and you don't get back in debt? What can people do? Yeah, so God has really impressed upon me. These are times, get out of debt, stay out of debt, get ahead, stay ahead. That's not a, a, a condemnation or a judgment if people are dealing with debt situations. I, I have some debt to deal with, but I'm paying this stuff. I'm paying that joker off. Get this thing out. Because, see, last year, when people had challenges financially because of interruptions in income, because of no longer being able to go into a place of work, the Lord did bless us to where I could work from home and not have an interruption in income. That was a blessing of the Lord. But there's something else that I, I learned and got a hold of. Your wealth is only measured in terms of length. What do I mean by that? Time. What do I mean by that? How long will your money last in a difficult situation? Oh, man, they got a million dollars. Well, if their uh, bills are $10,000 a month, how long is their wealth? Roughly 10 months. But what if your, your monthly outflow is $5,000 and you got a million dollars? How long is your wealth then? Same total amount, but it has a different effect. So what if you're not in debt? Mm. 
I'm mentioning this because suddenly some things can change in that realm for people. If you had any kind of debt, would you be open to God moving suddenly, reducing that suddenly, eliminating that suddenly? How many of you would receive a suddenly in that realm? I mean, if you would, if you're comfortable with it, go ahead and lift a hand. and I want you to release faith. I'm going to release faith on this and just say, Father God, I am a candidate for you to move suddenly to eliminate debt and reduce debt in my life and in my household in the name of Jesus. I'm calling in more. I'm calling in extra. I'm calling in more than enough to handle every obligation and to eliminate and reduce debt Suddenly. Amen. Amen. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. There's a story of, of Isaac. You remember his story. In Genesis 26, during famine, he sowed in the midst of famine and he reaped in what time period? In the same year. Can you release your faith to believe that in the same year? Now, I'm saying this because last year in February, March, I started releasing my faith to say, by this time next year, much better shape than ever. I was releasing faith regularly. I was sowing seed regularly. I was listening to God. It wasn't just the sowing, because you got to know how to harvest. I was listening to God for opportunities. And he opened up doors of opportunity. And extra came in. A lot extra came in. I don't have any problem with telling you that. I'm not secretive about things like that, because I want you to be blessed. I want you to be in the position where you can determine your own present and future. And you can do that if you have lengthy wealth. Lengthy wealth. So things that happen suddenly require yielded heart. We saw that in Acts chapter 10, but... It didn't just start there. In Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Suddenly, can I hear some suddenly utterance coming out of this room? Move, Lord, move, Lord, move, Lord. 
there was a time I was afraid of speaking in tongues. This was before I got saved. And when I, early years of being saved, I was afraid of it. Because I have been told erroneously, oh, that's of the devil. Look out for them folks. And then I found out I was one of them folks. (laughs) And decided that, no, they might not be as crazy as I thought they were. Uh, So... I like praying in tongues, praying in the spirit, just, just as a regular thing, just everywhere, anywhere, in the mall. Now, I don't scream at the top of my lungs in the mall, but, you know, in the mall, just walking in the grocery store, you know, picking up some produce. Not that one, that one. <laughs> I'm hearing from God in the produce section, praying in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Things that happen suddenly appear through the habit of prayer. And here appear through the habit of prayer. In Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 9, listen to it. Peter and John went up together in the temple to the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. A certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. That might be the most important phrase out of that particular passage of scripture, expecting to receive something from them. Remember Cornelius Uh, We are gathered here in the presence of God to hear all things that are commanded of you. He was expecting to hear something that was going to change their destiny. Expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I don't think he was whispering that I don't think he was whispering. I think he was very clear. He was very direct. He was very demonstrative. He was not hesitant. He wasn't backing down. He wasn't backing away. He wasn't saying, but we might offend them. I'm sure the man who got healed didn't care who got offended because he got healed. So we don't back down. We don't back away. So he said, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately. This is what we are believing for. Immediately. Suddenly. Immediately. Things happen. They just happen. Suddenly. Immediately. So he leaping up, stood, walked, entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. God. There was results. Suddenly requires not being hindered by the thought or appearance of what's lacking. Oh, brother, we've never seen anything like that before. Well, maybe we should be seeing that. And maybe we're going to see that. Who's expecting? Suddenly? Immediately? Let's release our faith for that. Sudden opportunities can be changed by the presence of authority. Suddenly requires decisive action against adversity. You remember when Jesus was on the boat, Mark chapter 4, and the winds rose up? Listen to it in Mark 4, 36 through 
9. Now when they had left the multitude, they took Jesus along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into this boat, so that it was already filling. Now Matthew 8.24 says it this way. And suddenly, a great tempest arose. Suddenly. And the interesting thing about it is that as this great windstorm arose, notice it was not a rainstorm, it was a windstorm. It was the wind that whipped up the waves. It wasn't the rain that rained down. It was the wind. Whipped it up. And Jesus, though, is in the back of the boat asleep. He doesn't seem concerned the same way the disciples were. Because remember what the disciples said in verse 38 of Mark 4? He was in the stern asleep on a pillow. They awoke him and said to him, teacher, teacher. So now they're calling on a teacher, which is nothing wrong with a teacher. But they're calling him teacher in this moment. What would you call Jesus when you have very difficult circumstances that you're dealing with? I mean, you might be okay with him teaching you a thing or two, but at that moment, you need what? Help, Savior! Jesus, help. And they said, don't you care? Now they're impugning his character and his integrity and saying, you don't even care. You don't even be caring. What's about to happen to us? We about to die. And you sleep. How are you going to be sleeping right now We're about to die. Dead die. Now notice what Jesus did not do. Because see, this is what sometimes people do, and leaders can do this. Heads of households, parents can do. We don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what what we're going to do. What are we going to do? You ever had somebody... Come to you and say, well, what are we going to, this happened, this happened, this happened. What you going to do? You ever had somebody do that with you? Well, number one thing I'm going to do is not get into panic like you are in panic right now. I am not going to get into strife or anger right now because of, what you're saying that I should be doing, we need to be looking at what God wants us to do. Not, don't come looking at me like I'm God. And that's sometimes how I have had to communicate with people. Listen, I'm not in the place of God. I am in the place of authority, which means that I am under God and my authority will work because I release it in faith, not in what you're going to do for me. For you, nothing. For God and those who want to come in alignment and faith, oh, we got a lot we can do. Jesus did not allow the panic around him to get into him. Now, tell me the truth. Shame the devil. How many people got into amazing panic over the last year? And on top of that, what are some of the things that we begin hearing about things that happened? I'm going to be, I'm just going to point out one thing. 
many of us did wear masks, right, in different settings. Some of it was they wouldn't let you in the store to get groceries. Listen, I'm not going to have a long, drawn-out constitutional argument right now about my liberty and rights. I just need to get some, some, some butter <laughs> and eggs. But then it, got, it did get to the place where he said, wait a second, hold up, hold up, hold up. We don't even need to be wearing these because they don't do as much good as everybody was saying that they're supposed to be doing. So we're not going to let this panic get in. Now, I'm not, listen, if somebody wants to wear a mask, I don't, I'm not judging or condemning people. I don't do that kind of thing. I'm just saying I don't walk in stores with masks anymore. Just, I don't. I walk amongst the people without you know, there's, I'm not concerned about, and I can tell that you certainly aren't either. <laughs> Just look at, look in the jaw. <laughs> people, people have gotten so used to the arm bump, fist bump, and there's nothing wrong. I'm not judging. I, please hear me. I'm not condemning, but I am saying that we missed a lot of social interaction, hugging, being close to one another, the engagement, the interaction. How many people who were supposed to have met, could have met in relationships over the last year, did not meet? How many things were missed and lost? Well, God's going to restore. Suddenly, he's restoring. But we can't let fear and panic get in us when other people have it there. We need to share in such a way that Jesus did. What did he do? He said, peace, be still. He spoke to the root cause, the wind, and said, chill out, water, be still. And we have to have that. We have to adopt it. If we want suddenlies, because as suddenly as the storm rose is how suddenly it all calmed down. Suddenly. Suddenly. Let me finish with a few thoughts, because see, that clock keeps moving. Now, if you want me to go a little longer, I can, but I know, you know, I don't want to put anybody to sleep or anything like that. There was an individual, King Hezekiah. Something suddenly happened in his reign. I think this is where we'll, we'll finish with the story about Hezekiah. In Israel, during the reign of King Hezekiah, there was a suddenly that took place. In 2 Chronicles 29, verse 36. Then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced that God had prepared the people since the events took place so suddenly. Now, what events took place so suddenly? Let's consider these events in their context. The spiritual condition of the nation was in very bad shape when Hezekiah came to the throne. Hezekiah's father, King Ahaz, he wasn't a good dude. He turned from God. He led Israel into idol worship. He got to the place where he disdained the counsel of God. He rejected the people of God. And the nation took a downturn as a result. Hezekiah inherits this issue. He's dealing with these issues. But there got to be a place where something happened suddenly. 
So let's backtrack quickly. Hezekiah's first executive order was to return the nation to God. The very first thing that he did when he got in office, we're getting back to God. In 2 Chronicles 29, verse 3, in the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. First thing that he did, he took charge of the matter. Hezekiah brought order, structure, and decluttered the house of God. In 2 Chronicles 29, 4 and 5, he brought the priests and the Levites, gathered them in the east square and said to them, hear me, Levites, now sanctify yourselves, sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers and carry out the rubbish from the holy place. Carry out the rubbish. Get the stuff out of here. He decluttered things. See, this has a natural personal thing for, for all of us. There comes times where we need to declutter things in our soul, declutter things in our presence, declutter things that we are experiencing in work or in family. We just need to declutter, organize, structure things. It makes a huge difference. I mean, don't you go to bed a whole lot simpler and easier when you know you don't have to get up in the morning and clean the kitchen, the dishes, and the laundry, and the so forth and so on. That happens in our soul, too. I got so much on my mind, got so much going on, so many things. I'm thinking, it's time to declutter. I mean, if you're, you're dealing with a lot of stuff in your soul, it's declutter time. And it's time to get some of that rubbish, wrong ways of thinking about things, get it out. Push it out. Get rid of the rubbish. Get rid of the rubbish. Hezekiah entered a national covenant between Israel and God. There was a commitment that took place. He had priorities. He had commitment. In 2 Chronicles 29.10, now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. Verse 15, they gathered their brethren, sanctified themselves, went according to the commandment of the king at the words of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord. Then King Hezekiah rose early, gathered the rulers of the city, went up to the house of the Lord. And they brought all kinds of rams, lambs, bulls, goats for offering for the kingdom. So he did this. He got leaders together, local leaders, amongst the national leadership. Local leaders pulled them together, said, listen, things have to change. If things are going to change in our world, they have to change right here. You can't change everything out there. You can change what's happening here. And that's what he was saying there. Shut up. Just shut up. I'm going to do what I do in the morning sometimes. Snooze. How many of y'all will give me a couple more minutes? I promise to, to be respectful of your time. 
But you said you'd give me a couple minutes, right? Okay, good. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, twenty. So, that's an old joke. It's a bad joke. I'm sorry. But then, tsh. All right, King Hezekiah rose early. This is Second Chronicles 29, 20, and 21. Then King Hezekiah rose early, gathered the rulers of the city, went up to the house of the Lord. They brought all these offerings for the kingdom, for the sanctuary, and for Judah. Then he commanded the priests, the sons of Aaron, to offer them on the altar of the Lord. Looking down at verse 25 through 29 of the same Second Chronicles 29. He stationed the Levites, the worship leaders, in the house of the Lord with cymbals, with stringed instruments, with harps, according to the commandment of David, of Gad, the king's seer, and of Nathan, the prophet. He brought prophetic worship back into the kingdom. This king did this. He ordered the civil government, the leadership, the local leaders. He got the uh, priests to clean up the place. He brought in the worship teams and said, no, we're going to worship like David did. We're going to dance like David danced. <laughs> and he brought it, he restored this, but he said, but according to King David, who was a king, priest, and a prophet, he brought that quality, that measure, that intensity of worship. And then he said, let's bring in the prophetic element, the seer and the prophet. And this is going to be part of what we infuse into the atmosphere, into the culture, into the cities, into the towns, into the villages. Let's get this out there. It's going to start from here, but it's going to go out there. A lot of things are starting right here to go out there and out there. But it starts in here. And Hezekiah commanded them to offer the burnt offering on the altar. There was a sacrifice. There was commitment. There was a willingness to give of themselves. It came from the heart, though. It came from the will of God being impressed upon their heart. They weren't just doing this because... Hezekiah said, we got to do this, so if we want to be good with the king, if we want to not be punished, that wasn't the heart behind this. The heart was, this is from the willingness of our heart. We are going to give of ourselves based on what God said, not based on what we see or don't see. And he continued in, and he said, and when the burnt offerings began, the song of the Lord also began with the trumpets. And with the instruments of David, king of Israel. So all the assembly worshipped. Think about what, what would have been like to be in that setting at that time. Can you just lift your hands and worship God for a moment? Just say it to him. I worship you, God. I worship you, the king of kings. I worship you, the great and the mighty God. I worship you because of who you are, because of my love for you. I worship you. I yield my heart to you. I give my life to you. I recognize you. I love you, Lord. Can you tell Jesus, I love you, Jesus? Now, I want you to say it as if he was right in front of your face. Gazing into your eyes. Jesus. 
gazing into your eyes and just say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. That was worship. That was worship. And suddenly, things happened. All the assembly worshiped. The the singers, they sang. The trumpeters, they sounded. And all this continued. Notice they didn't stop. They didn't stop because it got late. They didn't stop because the sun started to... They didn't stop because they were tired. They didn't... They, until it was finished. And they worshipped. When they had finished worshipping, the king and all who were present with him bowed and worshipped. So they worshipped and then they worshipped. Oh, can, can you see the king? This is the king. And he has commanded all to worship. And usually when the king commands something, it doesn't mean that they have to do the same thing. But he said, let's worship. Let's worship. Let's worship. I worship. Can you? The king. If the king worshiped and did it from his heart, what excuse did the people have to not worship God? So as I'm closing this, there was a lot of activity in the city, in the area, in a short, compacted time, because there was a sense of urgency. There was a sense of urgency. And that's how we get to verse 36. But right before that, in verse 35, so the service of the house of the Lord was set in order. Things were put in place. And then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced that God had prepared the people since the events took place suddenly. You remember the first ones that we talked about how the Holy Ghost fell and on the day of Pentecost suddenly the Spirit of God moved and then the gate beautiful this thing happens after many years of this man being crippled suddenly he's raised up Jesus on this boat storm arises suddenly but what did he do? He used his right to say, just as suddenly as you started, is as suddenly as you stop. There's some things that you need to say that's facing you to say, as suddenly as you started, you suddenly stop. Most of those things were a result of God responding to yielded people. What did King Hezekiah do that was different? He didn't wait. He proactively said, oh, wait a second, wait a second here. I see where from the scriptures, the scriptures that they had, this is how things are supposed to be, and they've not been happening like this. 
oh, we're going to change. Oh, this is going to change. And I'm going to change this right now. In other words, this suddenly was initiated by a human being who made the decision. I don't see where it says God said to him and then something happened that motivated him other than he had an intrinsic awareness. This ain't right. See, there's some things that are supposed to happen suddenly in your life that you'll yield to something and then things just change. But there are other things that you are supposed to take the initiative. Don't wait to get an inspiration. Don't wait for that moment to strike you. Oh, I know what God said. Isn't that what Jesus' mama said? Whatever he says to you, do do it. At times, you just got to know, oh, I know what, see, because Hezekiah knew what the scripture said. Oh, I know what God said. I'm just going to do what God said. I'm going to hear from him on timing about things, strategies, but I'm going to do what God said to do. And I'm not going to wait. Once I know it's God, we're running with this. We're going to make some things happen. Now, it's good to get some training along the way. You know what I'm saying? If you need to. There are some things that I know I'm supposed to do, but I had to get some training along the way. You know, I coached basketball teams to national championships for Bible colleges. I had to get training for that. We were a, a five-year overnight success. It took us five years to win that first national championship. <laughs> or six years, whatever it was. There's training along the way. And then suddenly, 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 suddenly. All right, l- let me close with this. Let's go ahead. You can stand up if you'd like to, if you want to, if you can, if you... This last thing I wanted to say to you. I mentioned that I coached basketball. Sometimes I bring up references about that. Sometimes I don't. I wanted to bring up this reference for this simple reason. If, if things are going to just happen, if they're going to just happen, you have to elevate your enthusiasm. Now, what do I mean by that? When I coached teams, one thing that did not impress me was when my players were not interested, not engaged, not locked in. Now, you've been engaged, locked in. You've been there. I can sense that. You're right there. But it there are going to be some moments during this week you're not going to be enthusiastic at all. (laughs) Going through the mundane, everyday stuff, a project that is required to get done at work or some list of things given to you by your spouse. Here, honey, I need you to do this. It took them two minutes to write out the list. It's going to take you two weeks to do it. (laughs) You need to have some enthusiasm. (laughs) 
Well, what is enthusiasm? The word enthusiastic comes from the Greek word entheos, entheos, which means the God within. See, all enthusiasm comes out of the God within. Now, we can fake some enthusiasm. You ever seen people fake enthusiasm? Woo! 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 There's a difference between that and Enthusiasm is at the root. It, it's, it's an infusion of God's energy within. And there are times where you might just need to, in your house, I got a bucket of laundry, I got to fold them tiles. Woo! 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 Them t- tiles! You are going to be folded the best you have ever been folded. That's right. You just get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Fold them towels with energy. Well, I guess I got to brush my teeth again. (laughs) Which you should do on a regular basis. We all should. Got that brush with the little button, and it's... I'm excited about this. Where's that mouthwash at? Uh, I'm making light of, you know, just some regular natural stuff that we... But what would happen if you infused enthusiasm? The God within enthusiasm with these natural tasks. I'll tell you what happens. There's a habitual momentum that starts to build up to the point that your enthusiasm causes you to recognize things that you didn't see before. It also engages people in a way that they were not engaged with you before. They are connecting with you because of your enthusiasm about just stuff. I've been around people who are excited about things, and they made anything we did seem like fun, excitement. Brother Lance, let's go get a root canal together. (laughs) It's going to be so great, it's awesome. You imagine the feeling of that drill. Woo! Now, that may not sound like a thing to get enthusiastic about, but if you have to go in and get something like that, it's better to be enthusiastic about it than fearing it. Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. We have God in us. Remember, we said that we have God within us. Well, the word Emmanuel is a Hebrew word meaning God with us. Uh, It's interesting. The name Emmanuel was given to a child born in the time of King Ahaz. Remember King Ahaz, Hezekiah's father? There was a time where God within emerged around. 
Now, I can't say it was Hezekiah who was given this nickname of Emmanuel. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that during the time period when Hezekiah was ruling, it was right after the time period when this Emmanuel was born. So what happened? There was an infusion of enthusiasm that was available to any who would take it. Would you take enthusiasm from the God within? Just slip both hands as high as to heaven as you can. And just say, I take, I take enthusiasm. The God within me. Ignite enthusiasm. And let things happen. Thank you, Lord. Is the one in you greater than the one in the world? Amen. Say that. Greater. Greater, greater. Is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Now, I mentioned at the beginning of Broken Heart, if you would go ahead and close your eyes for just a moment. Bow your heads if you'd like to. One of the things that Jesus said, remember, in that initial message, he said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've come to heal hidden hurts, hidden pains. I'm asked that no one's looking around, but God is looking, and he knows your heart. But there come times where we need to just let him hold our heart, not just hold us physically, but hold our heart. Is there anyone in the room, and I'm not going to ask anyone to come forward on this part here. This is between you and God. This is just saying, God, I recognize. I have the God within me, the enthusiastic one. And I need that enthusiasm to heal my broken heart. To heal hurts that have been hidden for so many years or hidden for such a long time or hidden from the sights of other people. Pains that I've not shared with anyone else, but I just don't want to continue with this pain, with these hidden things that have never been dealt with. Have you dealt with it? If you know that you're restored, we're not talking about dredging up old things. We're talking about current, present moment things that are hindering you, holding you back, keeping you from having the life that you are meant to have. If that speaks to you, the hidden things, the hidden hurts, the broken heartedness, the feelings of isolation, the feelings of Nobody knows what I'm dealing with, but I don't want to have to deal with this again. I don't want to be awakened in the night with panic attacks or anxiety. I don't want to be driving in my car and, and have these moments of feelings of dread or doom or depression. I want this lifted off to me. I want to be liberated from it. If this is speaking to you, 
you're just going to do something very simple. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up in the air when I count to three, and then I just want you to put it right back down. Now, I'll, I'll look, but only for the purpose of knowing that this actually meant something to someone, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray this one corporately. So I'm not asking you to come forward at this moment. There's a time and a place for that, but I sense in this time, in this place, we're going to release something that enthuses, infuses, and changes things for you. So when I count to three, if what I've been saying resonates with you and you want this change, you want your heart mended, you want these hurts eliminated, I want you to just slip your hand up in the air and put it back down, one, two, and three. Okay, you can put it back down. I saw several hands in each section, or at least one in each section, but several in, in sections. And this is all I want you to do. I, I want you to lift both hands to heaven. And we can all do this, but I want you to lift both hands to heaven, especially if you raised a hand a moment ago. And just tilt your head back. Lift your eyes upon the healer of hearts. And whether you have a tear or tears or not, this is your moment for this to change. So I want you to just say this, and let's all say it together. Say, Father God, I recognize you as the healer of hearts. I receive healing, restoration, mending of my heart, of hidden hurts, things I've held on to far too long. I let them go right now. And in the name of Jesus, I receive the rivers of life, rivers of healing, rivers of restoration. This thing be gone now, 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 never to plague me again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, anyone who, who would like to have prayer for the wisdom of God to rest upon them. Because there's some decisions that some of you need to make. Some of you need to make decisions in this next week that are going to affect the next few months or maybe even the next few years. You need to make the right decision, right? So if you'd like me to pray with you for this wisdom to rest upon you in agreement with you, go ahead and make your way up here. We'll do that quickly. You need that. You want that. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. I'm always, always blessed by the presence of God. And now I sense that the presence of God is here to melt away. Melt away. What wasn't clear is becoming absolutely and utterly clear. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, deposit wisdom. Let it be activated and energized. There are decisions that must be made, and they must be made in time, and they must be made well. And so grant wisdom. You said if any of us lack wisdom, to ask of God. So I want everybody to say this. You can say it if you're sitting there or standing there. Say, give me wisdom, Lord. You said you'd give me wisdom liberally, and you would not reject me. I believe it. I take this wisdom right now. Clarify my steps that I know without any doubt this is the way I walk in it. You are my way, and I choose your wisdom. Let this wisdom rest upon me. In the name of Jesus. You'll not, go for, you'll not go without. You'll not lack this wisdom. You'll have clarity. You'll have, you'll have a prompting and an unction. It'll be like an impetus that, that's compelling you and propelling you forward. It'll be like, this is the right thing to do. This is it right here. This is it right here. And you'll have such a sense of peace. Oh, my, such a sense of peace. There'll be peace, 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 peace. And you'll know. And it's settled. That's one of the ways that you'll know it's settled. There's no other option. This is it. This is it right here. This is the one. This is the place. This is the time. This is the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now you'll walk this out. You'll walk it out. The decision that you make on this matter is going to have an impact on, on generations to come in your family. And so you're making a good decision. You're making a good decision. Say, I'm making a good decision. And so this decision that you're going to make, oh my, oh my generational change generational stability dare I say it generational wealth now here the Lord saying I'm going to be candid with you over these next few days I shall pull no punches I shall be absolutely and utterly clear with you you'll know what to do but yes it's going to challenge you but this is also what the Lord says I've more than ably equipped you 
I've equipped you and I've resourced you. I've resourced you so that whatever it is, whatever the obstacle is in the decision that's coming, that's to be made, you'll be more than well equipped. <laughs> more than well equipped. <laughs> Just like when a student studies and studies and studies and studies and studies. And the test comes and they pass it and it's as if it was fundamental. Well, to others it was difficult, it was challenging because they weren't prepared, but you're prepared. But I'm going to speak to you further about this. And so incline your ear. Incline your ear. And don't resist. Don't resist. Incline and don't resist. <laughs> the things that might make others cry, you can laugh at. You can laugh at. And the reason that you can is because you must. And you must because the joy, the joy will strengthen you. It'll strengthen you to see Oh, oh, that's what that means. Oh, that's how it is. And you'll say, oh, yes, I understand now. I didn't before, but I do now. It's because you laughed, you rejoiced, you chose joy. You chose this way. And as a result, you could see things much more clearly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. When eyes cloud over with tears of grief, your eyes may cloud over, but it'll be tears of joy, and those tears will clear the way so that you see them more clearly. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> people say you have an enemy say uh, what are you laughing at <laughs> and you'll just keep on laughing just keep on just keep on rejoice and this strength the strength will show up oh so called ramana no bagen ribedia se que ramanda de que ramanda de que de beca grocondre ah ah a 5 year plan huh hmm a 10 year plan hmm yeah, but, you know, you can't see the future, and who knows what's going to happen. Thoughts, concerns, they show up. Yeah, they do to all of us. But yes, yes. Planning for five and ten years down the road is not strange to the spirit-led, spirit-infused, spirit-inspired wisdom comes from God, comes from above only. So I want to steer your path. I want to steer your direction. I want to steer your way. And in some ways, it'll be roots that'll grow deep down, deep down, deep down, deep down. 
but you'll be like a traveling route, a moving route, a motionary route. You can plant, you can settle where you need to, you can move, you can go when you have to. But yes, there is a wisdom that's needed. There is a wisdom. There's a, there's a determination in you. Oh, determined, determined, determined. I'll not be held back. I'll not be restrained. I'll not be limited. And this is what I'm hearing God say. Limits no more. Limits no more. Limits no more. Don't think in terms of the limitations, but think in terms of the abounding, expanding, increasing boundaries that are yours in which to operate. Now, a, a direct line, Father, this is what I'm hearing and this is what I'm praying and decreeing, a direct line of wisdom, a direct line. There are times and places where you have to get through gatekeeper after gatekeeper after gatekeeper after gatekeeper just to get to a decision maker. No more. No more. So what the Lord is saying, a direct line to the direct decision maker gatekeeper that will help to expedite the decision that you are facing, that you have ahead of you. And there'll be such a direct line and direct deposit of wisdom that it will be sustained throughout five years, ten years. And then you'll see beyond. Then you'll see beyond. Kendra Maria Does that make any sense at all? Does that make any sense? Make any sense? Okay. Kendra Maria Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. There are times the enemy thought he had you in his grips and his vice grip that you would be held and restrained within that vice grip and there would be no turning loose. But you've been liberated. You've been delivered. You've been set free. And for freedom, you've been set free. For freedom, you've been set free. And so now, 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 the wisdom of the ages, the wisdom of the ages come to you. Wisdom of the ages settle and resonate. Ah, ah, ah. And this will bring you to a different frequency. The same way that you have to dial in the radio to get the right frequencies so that the there's clarity in the broadcast. Well, this is what I'm hearing is that there's a frequency that you've been on that's been close, but now there's a frequency you're coming to that's going to be exact. 
a frequency that's going to be exact. A frequency that's going to be exact. And you'll see things set before you and you'll know this is what I can do. Not what I can't do, but this is what I can do. And so you'll walk in that can do because you're in the right frequency to receive. Do I choose this one or that one? Do I choose this one or do I choose that one? There are some who've chosen that one and it wasn't the right one. And it hindered them. It tormented them. Sometimes for a lifetime, sometimes for a span of time. But this is what the Lord says. The right one will be the right one and you'll know the one that's the right one. Things will happen that will serve as a filter and the right one will make it through the filter <laughs> they'll make it through the filter and the way that you'll know they're making it through the filter is because it satisfies your heart it satisfies your heart even though you didn't think this would be the right one but it'll satisfy your heart and you'll never be ashamed because of that. And you have the wisdom of God and now that wisdom comes to you and speaks to you. You'll have dreams and dreams will show things and you'll know because of the dream and you'll be able to go and look at the scripture and say, this is what the Bible, this is what the word says. This is what this dream is telling me. It's what it's impressing me. It's showing me. And it's helping to filter things for me. So I know the right one. Yeah, this wisdom that you're receiving will cause you to never be left behind. Never to be left out. Never to be left alone. This wisdom that is coming to you now is causing you to discern, discern, discern. <laughs> yes, you were created for something special and unique in the sight of God. And he formed you. He's shown you. He's created and crafted you. And so there's a creative element God has endowed you with within you. And he's saying, I've created a life for you to live, and you're going to create that life as you give. As you give of your heart. As you seek him first. 
He's created a life for you. And now you're going to create and enjoy this life. And again, I hear Ephesians 3 and 20. Now to him that does exceeding abundantly above and beyond all you can ask or think according to the power that works in you. He's doing exceeding abundantly above and beyond. And he wants you to experience it. And so you will. Wisdom, Father. Settled wisdom. Come to this one. Come to this one. She's doing daily just routine activities. Speak to her. That wisdom. That wisdom. To create that life the one you've dreamed of, the one you've visualized, the one you've considered. And time to time, you'd say, I don't know if that's so fabulous, that's so, but it's yours. It's yours. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I always say this. This is my spiritual disclaimer I'm a man, I'm a human being if I said anything that does not agree with what God has spoken to you you can put it on a shelf and set it there and, and let that resonate and see is this what God's saying but I could miss it so if I said something that does not agree in any way, shape, manner or form with what God has spoken to you forget it Just. but if it was from God if you if it aligned and you realize, hey, God was saying some things to us, pray it out. Pray it out in the spirit. If, if you have your heavenly prayer language, if you don't, you can receive that. But pray it out. It's one of the greatest things that happened in my life was learning that, oh, I could pray out the plan of God. <laughs> I could pray in the spirit and find out more and more about what he said, what he wants. So pray it out. Pray it out. That exceeding abundantly above and beyond, it will not fall on you without pressing through. But you'll have it. It's yours. You'll have it. I saw it. You'll have it. I think I'm done. Thank you. God bless you. Love you. Shall we do the ceremonial exchange of the changing back of the That's anointed. That is <laughs> I receive that. Well, praise God. Thank you guys for being here. Um, I have to apologize, Lance. I was unprofessional. I forgot to. Where did I put my water? I took it away. I'll just drink this water. It's closed still. Um, I forgot to tell you I gave you water, by the way. It was up here, but right now. Now, I'll, now since it was unopened, I'll just, I'll just enjoy the, the water there. So, 
um, I forgot to. Usually, I, I have the. I usually, when we have a guest, I take up the offering after they preach. That way, if you feel led to to give toward them, I mean, the church will give toward Lance. But if you feel led to to sow into Lance, but I, I I'm not going to take up a sef- second offering. I mean, unless you just want to come up and drop something in, um, or if you want to say, hey, uh, I want to specify that part of what I gave earlier or all of what I gave earlier go over to Lance. You know, and and you know, we believe in sowing into him. Um, just the same as he sows into us here, you know. Um, so, uh, I guess that's it. I mean, are we all we good? I've got nothing more to add. So, okay. So, just pray us, pray us out and, and dismiss. So, Father God, we thank you so much for your presence. And, Lord, I thank you that you care dearly for your people. It's not, <laughs> it's just like the scripture said earlier, you are not a respecter of persons.